0: so i married an alcoholic is sponsored by realtor and are you looking to buy sell or lease real estate even if you're not in greater philadelphia reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area realtor and a baby at gmail.com i need an inhaler
1: but you have one you have two
0: it's not enough
1: all right keep going
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, kings, queens, blah, 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 it's episode something, season two, of the world famous, chart topping, and now gluten free, So I Married an Alcoholic Podcast, I'm Chris, and I'm an alcoholic,
1: and I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic,
0: did you know that this is the only podcast that is gluten free, Megan, is it, it is,
1: I know, we'll see. We
0: are appealing to everyone. It's
1: very nice.
0: I know, darling.
1: Uh, I have to have some GI studies done, and then I'm having an upper endoscopy and a colonoscopy. Mm. And the doctor said, you know, she wouldn't be surprised if I have celiac. And I told her that I gave up drinking and smoking, and I have no plans to give up bread.
0: That's kind of like me and smoking.
1: Yeah, so... There's that.
0: Like, if the gluten kills you, it is what it is. If the cigarettes kill me, it is what it is.
1: I know. Like, I have to have some vice still left, right? I love pasta. Love it. Mm. I mean, I already try to limit it because of the carb situation, but, like, I can't give it up completely.
0: No, pasta, pizza.
1: There's some things I'm not willing to part with.
0: No, I agree. There, I feel like there has to be some sort of happy balance, right?
1: It, it's risk versus benefit, you know?
0: What's the risk?
1: I don't know. I mean I guess my whole like GI distress, but I don't think that's curable by anything, even getting rid of gluten. Yeah.
0: I I'll be honest with you. I am happy to you or happy to listen to you take explosive shits for the rest <laughs> of your life so long as you eat gluten and are happy.
1: Thank you, honey. You'd these rather these are the yeah.
0: compromises I am willing to make. <laughs> See?
1: You'd rather me be pleasant.
0: Oh, of course. Oh. Happy wife, happy life.
1: True story.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about, baby?
1: Well, I give you a couple topics and you turn them all down, so it's up to you to choose.
0: Let's talk about the uh, copious amounts of my semen in your hair.
1: I don't think anyone wants to hear about that. No? Nope, definitely not.
0: Are you sure? A
1: positive.
0: I bet you there's some sick fucks out there that would be like, (laughs) well, why don't you guys talk about it?
1: Yeah, no thanks. Try again.
0: We're actually going over to Megan's parents in a little bit, and she's totally going to walk in there with just crusty 41-year-old jizz in her hair, and she is absolutely mortified right now.
1: I'm mortified because you're talking about this on the podcast, but I told you it was not a hair wash day, so I will...
0: Work this with what I got. It's not my problem. You should have put a pillow over your face. <laughs> you should know that after three and some years of marriage that yeah. Uh,
1: Sometimes it gets a bit messy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Both in that, and out of bed. I was going to say that's metaphorical for everything in our lives.
0: Ain't that the truth. Let's talk about the more things change, the more they stay the same. Okay. Or do things really change? Do people change?
1: It's funny because I believe you turned that topic down about 15 minutes ago.
0: Yeah, because it was stupid.
1: All right, but you've chosen it.
0: Now that I've entered the Shangri-La, the gluten-free podcast studio, I'm like, let's do it.
1: Uh, He's had like 15 minutes and an extra cigarette to mull it over, and he realizes his wife really is brilliant.
0: Nope. Happy wife, happy life.
1: (laughs) All right, honey. Well, you go right ahead.
0: Mm. So I think one of the you know, fundamental parts of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is there has to be some sort of, you know, massive personal change, right?
1: Absolutely. Everything. Literally, from top
0: to bottom. We've talked about this ad nauseum on, on many different occasions, but, like, what actually changes?
1: Right. Is it the person itself? Like, do you become an entirely different person, or do you just learn to change your behaviors?
0: Mm. I think it's a little bit of both, no?
1: I think it is a little bit of both. I would like to think that I held on to the good parts that were made because there were still good uh, parts even when I was drinking. Uh, I mean, don't you, do you believe that? Like there was parts of you that were still good even though everything you were doing was wrong and bad and oftentimes terrible.
0: No, I, I would like to think that at the the basic core... Of my being, yes, I am a decent person.
1: I remember always thinking, like, I know I have a good heart, but, like, the decisions I'm making, the actions I'm doing, the person I'm portraying isn't that person. Mm. And I didn't know how to get back to that.
0: It's funny you say that because it's so easy, right, to just flip that switch and be like, I am not going to do blank. Doubt it, bro. Whatever it is. No, I'm saying the, the the action of saying that is so easy.
1: Oh, sure. I but, say it every night. Like when I go to bed tomorrow, I'm going to exercise and eat better. And then oh, the next day comes and...
0: There's still laundry on the Peloton. There's
1: still laundry on the Peloton.
0: Imagine that. There's a Peloton for sale, by the way. And
1: I had one of those magical gluten-filled carbohydrate treats that I love so much.
0: I know. I heard you're pooping. I know. It's so gross. I know. I'm sorry. Anyways, get back to it. Stay on track, Megan. Stay um, focused. But
1: yeah, I think we can all say that. We can all vow to do something. It's like New Year's resolutions. How many New Year's resolutions do we make that no one ever keeps? I mean, I guess someone does, but.
0: I, I No, I, I would say there's probably 90% of the population that makes a New Year's resolution and come, I don't know, mid-January.
1: I'm also a big fan of starting something on Monday morning why like a new diet a new lifestyle a new this Monday morning I'm going to commit to it like I like to give myself a weekend of you know hedonism yeah like nothing matters right like it doesn't count if it's on Saturday or Sunday because Monday is a fresh start.
0: Well, don't a lot of people use Sundays as, like, their cheat day for diets and things like that?
1: I read somewhere once, and I was like, that's actually brilliant information. You know, when people diet, they'll, like, you know, go off track for, like, they'll have a snack. And then they're like, oh, I blew the whole day. Who cares? But, like, it actually doesn't have to happen like that. You can just not choose bad at the next meal. You know? And I think that's... Typical for a lot of things in our life When things are crazy Like when we're drinking When we're drugging When we're making all these bad decisions It's kind of like Well what's one more At this point I've already fucked it up so badly I might as well just keep going down this path
0: That's very alcoholic of people And then
1: Monday morning I can fix it
0: Eh. But then Monday morning comes and nothing changes.
1: Exactly.
0: Which is the whole point, right?
1: So, who do you feel like you are today versus who you were then? What has changed? What is say the same? And what is completely different?
0: I would say what has changed. I think the biggest thing, as crazy as this is to say and/slash hear, is my attitude. Um, I am still, were
1: you happy go lucky prior?
0: <laughs> no, I fucking hate everybody 24 <laughs> seven. Go fuck yourselves, by the way. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, no, I think it's the, you know, I could still catch a really good case of the fuck it, But I know that. Well, for one, I don't want to give up my sobriety. I, I don't think there are anything or there is anything in the world that would make me want to go back to drinking or doing drugs other than you know a severe case of the fuck it I also know that you know what we have built over the last couple of years like I can't necessarily afford to be like oh well well fuck it that doesn't work um I, you know I think as far as what has stayed the same I I don't think anything
1: yeah So do you feel like you become a totally different person then? Like we just said, oh, I think at the core you're the same. But like if nothing stayed the same,
0: Mm, are you really? That's a good question. I think honestly what has stayed the same is that I am, and so are you, you know. uh, We are, we're workers. Yes. We are a lot of things individually. We are a lot of things together. What we are not is lazy
1: agree 100%
0: and I think that that applies to you know work life well sometimes the program of Alcoholics Anonymous um I I don't know
1: and you were like that all through your addiction though too weren't you
0: well yeah I had to pay for it yeah
1: exactly
0: (laughs) I mean until I robbed a bank and then like that was like three weeks worth of good drugs
1: um, but shows yeah, you
0: how much of a degenerate I am.
1: That's interesting. I didn't think about that, but you're, you're right. That's something that didn't change.
0: No, you're absolutely right.
1: But now you can actually follow through with it more.
0: Yes. So maybe it's the follow through that has changed. Yeah. The commitment to, I mean, we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago when we went up to Massachusetts for uh, Judas' father's funeral. Why are you guys here? Well, because we can be. Yeah. Because we said we would be. You know, things like that. Okay, your turn.
1: Okay, so I think things that, I, I mean, I think, I, this started cause I was telling Chris how I'm like a completely different person. Chris likes to like, just pick at me for like, cause he knows it riles me up
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, about like things in my past or behaviors that I used to have done.
0: All right, let's 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 dive into that a little bit because you make me sad. I mean, I am an asshole. Like I'm the first one to admit that. But you make it sound like you know I just do it just to do it.
1: I think you do, all
0: right, well, maybe I do, but anyways, I'm trying to redeem myself here, so we were we went out to dinner last night and then we were on our way home. I don't even know how we started talking about this
1: i don't I think I was actually trying to have a nice moment and say something nice to you. why? I don't know.
0: It's so unnecessary.
1: <laughs> I don't believe that though
0: anyways we were talking or Megan had mentioned something about like you know when she was out drinking and she was like emailing her side piece and I was like who fucking emails their side piece
1: and I said people that are married
0: like this wasn't 1998 (laughs) I mean we were well into the 2000s at this point (laughs) if you were like texting or uh, DMing in the parlance of our times and I was like, what the fuck? So now I just won't let it go.
1: Won't let it go.
0: Megan's baking a cake, looking up recipes. And I'm like, so you emailing Tony?
1: You know what's funny about it, though, <laughs> too, is the fact that he does this, you know, to rile me up. But there's also a part of him, and he may deny it, but he's lying if he does, that's actually insecure.
0: No, I will I will never deny that. And for some, I'm insecure about a lot of things.
1: And he worries about this. And so how this came up is I said to him I'm like I don't think you understand I am a completely different person than I was back then I spent the majority of my life Looking for someone to make me feel worth it, to make me feel loved. And I always felt like I was falling in love. Right. And then till it didn't work out. And then I needed the next fix, the next fix. Mm -hmm. The more I drank, the worse it got, you know, that type of thing. And I said, but the truth is I never actually felt love until I got sober and met
0: Chris. That's because I'm so fucking remarkable.
1: But, like, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know what I was looking for because I was so, like, fucked up in that sense.
0: Do you think that's the difference between men and women as individual species?
1: No, I think it had to do more with, like, my drinking and my mental state and, like, how messed up I was. But, like, before I worked the program, I was not capable Of actually having true love in my life because I hate it myself. Mm. You know? So, like, how you can't, you can't love another person fully until, you know, you have respect for yourself
0: or you forgive yourself. Yeah,
1: exactly. All of those things. So, I
0: haven't forgiven you, clearly.
1: I know, exactly. But so it's funny. I said, you know, it's so weird. I look back at that time and I don't look back at it often anymore because I've moved on. Chris looks back at it every 30 seconds.
0: Yeah, 100%. Let me ask you, do you think it's important to look back on the past? And we've sort of talked about this before. Like, I think there's a, a night and day difference between looking back on the past and your previous misgivings and dwelling on it
1: yeah so I I I think I think it's okay
0: to look back right
1: so here's what I would say I worked through all of that and have left it in the past I -hmm. have moved on from it I no longer feel guilty about it I no longer let it run space in my head 24 hours a day but I will remind myself of it if I'm ever Ah. feeling A little bit itchy or thinking, you know, maybe it would be fine if I had a drink. I look back on it. Shoot
0: off a quick email.
1: Yeah. I look back on it then and be like, No, you were miserable. That temporary fix Mm. was horrible and so in that sense I, I look back on it but not every day like i've I've moved on I know you have not but I have
0: no I actually think it's very counterproductive to look back on it every day because again I think that goes to the sort of dwelling piece of it
1: and I think there's a lot of people um in the sober alcoholic or addict's life that hold on to it
0: yeah you gotta you have to let go again it, it's almost required in a sense to look back on it and to use that sort of as a platform or a springboard to a different life it's not healthy. I don't. It's not healthy to dwell on anything.
1: No, and I don't. Good, let,
0: bad, or indifferent. And
1: I don't let that run space in my head either. Like people that have not forgiven me, people that do still hold some sort of resentment against me. Like what I did was wrong, so that's deserved. But I don't let it bother me or get me off track. The fact that they may never forgive me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like, you just can't. And it's not because I wasn't wrong, because I was wrong. You know what I mean? Sure,
0: same here, right?
1: But all I can do, or all we can do, is go forward and do the next best thing. You cannot change what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. But much like this marriage, like, because Chris will always be like, oh, you were married before. Yeah, I was. And I know that wasn't the way to do it. Like, I'm lucky, in the sense, because I've learned from that situation. Sure. And have made... You know, it's completely different the way we live our lives than the way I was.
0: I think this is just another shining example of how I am just a, a better person than you. You think? Yeah, like I do things once, I do them right. I robbed a bank once, I did it right, I got away <laughs> with it, right? I got married once, I did it right, I married up, way up. <laughs> That's a Outkicked your coverage. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just much better than you. And I have no semen in my hair.
1: It's, there's, that's because you have no hair.
0: I have no semen on my scalp. <laughs> that's fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right.
0: All right, so back into it. I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. Um, so I do. I actually think of myself as a completely different person than I was.
0: That's such such a lovely state to be in of your high self-worth.
1: However, there's things that haven't changed. Like Number emails. Number one, I can still be insecure like I was
0: absolutely and I'm not saying that as a dig like I am saying that as somebody who is very insecure about a lot of things and comes off very secure because it's 100% fake yes and that's
1: okay I actually interestingly enough um, I was just talking to someone about this the other day about how the one thing that has changed and that's almost more recently and that's after you know that doesn't happen the moment you get sober that takes time is like my anxiety that i used to have is like at such a lower level than it ever used to be you're not buying that
0: are you sure
1: yeah oh definitely i used to, i mean there was a point last night that i like screamed out in bed oh my god and it was had nothing to do with the semen in the hair and chris was like <laughs> are you okay baby and i was like Yeah, I was just thinking about this day I told someone I'd work for them. So, like, you know, it's still there and present.
0: I don't recall, actually, any of that. Really? Or maybe that's just, like, some sort of knee-jerk reaction if your wife screams out, Oh, my God. And you're like, Are you okay?
1: And then when I said that's what it was, like, rambled on about it, you turned over and, like, pretty much gave me the middle finger. Like, why did why did this wake me up, this yeah, outburst?
0: Yeah, it 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, why don't you go email somebody?
1: So there is still some, like, baseline anxiety. Yeah, which
0: is fucking normal. I
1: tell my son that all the time, when he's like, oh, I'm anxious about something. And I'm like, yeah, so that's actually just called having a conscience or, like, wanting to do well. That's sure. not, like, debilitating anxiety. You can work with that. Yeah. Um, but that's how this was. So I had this little mild panic attack in the middle of the night. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's not that big of a deal. And actually, I can work that day and go back to bed, you fucking nutcase. Yeah. You know, but I was never able to talk myself off the ledge like that before. Really? Oh, my God.
0: No. I have to say there there is a one thing that I... Uh, Unfortunately, I cannot grasp or wrap my head around. I I mean, I I guess to a certain extent, I, I do respect it because I know people in our lives, in my personal life, people that I email personally that are, you know, very anxious people. But I do have to say that that was one thing that I guess I was I was blessed with.
1: So that's funny that you say that because I actually do think you have anxiety that you deal with. But, like, yes,
0: but it's not crippling.
1: No, but it's irritating to everyone around you because when Chris is anxious about well, something, why don't
0: you email somebody and talk about or it? Or
1: there's an event coming up. Oh, you'll see it. It's like he's on speed like your anxiety becomes very apparent outwardly.
0: I think that's just the copious amounts of caffeine. (laughs) I am a very over caffeinated person.
1: And it's funny, I just let them go because it's normally productive anxiety, so I appreciate it. But it does like you definitely when you're anxious about something, you may not be saying you're anxious or knowing you're anxious, but all of a sudden he's doing 27,000 things running around like a maniac, like getting ready to go someplace or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's definitely high level.
0: Uh, but again, not crippling. Not crippling. Well, you. I s- think that's normal. I- uh, almost. Uh, do I dare say healthy?
1: So here's a question. So we've talked about this. I was definitely more the anxiety extreme, but you struggled with depression throughout your addiction. Absolutely. And so, is that something that's changed now that you're sober? Now that you've worked a program? Now that you have a bunch of twenty fours behind
0: you? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, because, you know, when you are in the throes of addiction, I think it's just a constant cycle of extreme highs, extreme lows. You know, you, you get high, you get drunk, you whatever, you medicate yourself, you feel incredibly awesome, and then the alcohol wears off, or the consequences set in, the drugs wear off, the consequences set in. Do we understand the cycle here? Yeah. And you are... You know, the the depressed, not that I'm trying to make a joke of it, but like the depressed that you want to jump off a bridge.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: which is, again, it, not to belittle the thought, but it's, it's not, um, I, well, how do I say this? It's easy to understand, I guess, having lived that sort of life, why people think that, you know, suicide, self-harm, very serious body inflictions are a solution because you are that low that you feel like that is quite literally the only avenue of escape.
1: Absolutely. And so now being sober like although you don't go to that place as often, I do think those tendencies still lie there with both of us. Like we were talking about I still can have anxiety. I just know how to deal with it now. Mm-hmm. And like I think it's similar. So maybe that's something that doesn't actually change. It's only the behavior on how to cope that changes.
0: No, it's definitely the behavior that that changes. I I I obviously think that there is some sort of mental health component like am I manic-depressant no I don't think so oh am I bipolar you could probably make a good argument for that right but I do think that there are definitely some elements in there of some some mental health maladies if you will
1: yeah well I think anytime that you have someone that struggles with addiction the two are muddled Like, what comes first, the chicken or the
0: egg? Oh, no. There's no question that, like, the alcohol and the drugs sort of quieted the voices.
1: So, I wouldn't say that my anxiety, you know, resolved completely, but I do. So, when I was talking to my friend about it, um, who was having some anxiety, that's what I said. And she's like, how do you do it, though? How do you stop the irrational thoughts? And I said, I am actually able to now know that they're irrational. Uh, Maybe not instantaneously, but I know I can withhold reacting to it, if Mm. that makes sense, till I can process the fact that it's irrational. And literally how I do that is a tool that I got from AA. And that is, you know, people meditate, people do this, people do that. You know, we talked about AA is a spiritual program. And one of the big things they say is to pray about it. Mm -hmm. And I will literally just repeat in my mind over and over again, God, I'm struggling with anxiety right now. Please relieve me of it. Please help me get through it over and over again. And I said to her, I said, it's probably actually just the repetition, you know, kind of like meditating or deep breaths or something like that, even though I believe in a higher power that's able to kind of calm me and get me to see their irrational side of it, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I know. Like, this isn't that bad. You can actually get through this. You are making this much more worse than it
0: is. (laughs) You know?
1: And so I don't, I mean, with depression, I I think, you know, I I don't know if you do the same thing or what's the behavior that you've done that changes it. I think the depression probably doesn't seek in as much because, I mean, you were using depressants. So obviously Mm. there was a chemical component, you know what I mean? But when those feelings still sneak in, because again, I think that's something that doesn't inherently change about us.
0: No, I think what has in relation to that question changed profoundly is the impulsivity to act out. Yes. Mm, That's good, right?
1: That is good. I like that.
0: I, I think that's definitely something that has changed and also something that I... Used almost annoyingly frequently when I first came through the doors of AA, was using somebody as your sounding board. Yeah. Somebody that you trust. In AA, we call that person a sponsor. Mm-hmm. In life, you call that person a, a partner, a best friend, whatever it is. I think it is of vital importance to, again, if you're going through anything, it doesn't even have to be. An alcohol or drug related issue you have to have some sort of sounding board to bounce things off of so you can either a realize how irrational you are being or sounding or whatever and b to have somebody walk you through that process and like you were saying earlier walk you off the ledge
1: yeah and I will say that it is uh, some days most days probably all days I'm like, even the bad ones, I'm blown away about how good my life is, and I don't mean the things, the family, the this, the that. You're welcome. I mean my mental state. Like oh. It blows my mind on a daily basis that I am able to deal with normal, everyday things. Like, that is shocking and something I never thought I'd actually be able to do.
0: It is, and it, I'll be the first one to tell you that I thought I was incredibly capable of dealing with anything when I was using, but that's because I was high
1: 24-7. And how this conversation started last night, and Chris, you know, grabbed onto the emails and will never let go.
0: No, I'm sure there were like nine or ten vitally important things that you were talking about, but all I heard was... So I was emailing my side piece while my cross eyed large foreheaded first husband was downstairs jerking off.
1: I don't think any of that was important information for the viewers or listeners.
0: Semen in your hair. So
1: anyway, and now this is going to sound ridiculous that I'm about to (laughs) say this, (laughs) but it also blows my mind on a daily basis of how absolutely in love I am with my husband. Like we were sitting at dinner last night and I was just looking at him like we were on our first date and I was enthralled by him.
0: And I, being the asshole that I am, was like, do do I have something in my fucking teeth? Why are you looking at me?
1: But I was like, this is something I never believed was possible mm. to like love another person this much and have it be like true. And, you know, I don't know. Just I, I never thought it was possible and lasting.
0: Oh, we I didn't last that long.
1: No, well, I, yeah, you never do. But I mean, the fact That's kind that of the beauty, you know, here we are. We've been together, whatever, four years Yeah. And I actually love you more every day than I did, you know, in the beginning. I liked you better in the beginning because
0: (laughs) you were nice
1: and sweet and trying to get that health insurance. And
0: filling some emotional void that you were seeking.
1: Yeah, I liked you better. But I do love you more
0: now. Oh, honey. I love you too.
1: So what are the things that you never thought were possible to be as a person that you are now?
0: Ah, uh, this is going to sound a little crazy, but content.
1: Ooh, that's a good
0: one. Because I am consummately uncontent, incontent.
1: In contempt.
0: In No. No, I've been in contempt <laughs> once. Maybe twice. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Um, Unsettled. Yeah, I am, you know, again, I, I think... Unfortunately, there are no, and not unfortunately. Fortunately, we get to live this amazing life, and there are a lot, a lot of moving parts. I mean, yes. there's there's us, there's the kids, there's pets, there's business, there's work. There are so many moving parts. In- there's
1: family. Like we have a lot of family obligations.
0: Yeah. And making sure that this podcast remains gluten-free is huge for us. Yes. And sometimes it is hard to either, I I mean, I don't want to say prioritize. I I think it's really balance. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to balance everything.
1: Yeah. I have to say when we talk about balance, um, Chris has been working a shit ton. And although financially we appreciate it, I think you've even started to recognize like you need to like cut back a little bit.
0: No, I think that's just because that's what you wanted to hear.
1: No, you actually said it the other day, you jerk off. I don't think so. You totally did. You said, I have to realize that working insane like this for an extra hundred dollars isn't worth it.
0: You know what you should do?
1: record you so i can play it back because you literally are ridiculous and don't remember your own statements
0: i mean i was gonna say email because mm. you are obviously profoundly exceptional at that
1: that's what i'm gonna do once you start saying these things i'm literally just gonna email them to you and that way in real time that way when you deny it later i can be like please refer back to the email sent on october 23rd at 10 47 a.m
0: this is why I should have been a lawyer because, like, I would shoot holes in that theory 24-7. <laughs> oh. What were we talking about? Uh, Content. Yes. You know, but sometimes, yes, it, it's hard to, you know, sort of look at the big picture when, again, you know, you're working X amount of hours a week and there's all of these external things going on and you feel like you're being pulled in any different number of directions, but the one thing that I can say, as miserable as I am, 24-7, is I am content.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, there's, there's really, well, I mean, outside of, you know, my eccentric little pleasure center things, there's really nothing, no need uh, for that sort of external stimulation, i.e., you know, drugs, alcohol, women, parasailing, you know, whatever.
1: (laughs) I would say hands down contentment is the best gift of sobriety.
0: Yeah, and it took me a long time to get there.
1: And again, I think you can make an argument that it's not something that's inherently changed, that we as individuals actually still have to work at that. Being content.
0: No, I think anybody can say that there was moments of contentness Mm -hmm. uh, in their addiction. Uh, Again, albeit sort of a a false whatever. I I don't know. I think that it's, again, like there's just streaks in days and weeks and months of like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. And maybe, again, maybe a lot of that has to do with that sort of placebo effect. Mm -hmm. That there is not that contentness fueled by a substance. Yeah. You know, that contentness is fueled by, you know, my wife, my family, the things that I never, ever thought were possible. And frankly, they weren't five, six, seven, ten years ago.
1: Not a chance. You know. I think that's the most amazing thing about this program, too. Like I've said this before, when I started in it, when I first got sober, I looked around at everyone that did have that sense of contentment bullshit. Uh, exactly. I was like, no fucking way.
0: No, like you just did a couple of lines in the bathroom. Like, uh, that's why you're content. Yeah, asshole. exactly.
1: And now it's funny when the newcomer comes in, I want to literally scream from the rooftops like, it is possible if I can get it because I was the worst of all, then anyone can.
0: Well, some are sicker than others.
1: <laughs> um, but,
0: we have proven that on basically every episode so far.
1: But we still still can go off on our tangents like we've been working too much like we've been overextending ourselves too much and we've missed recording the past two weeks uh yes and we haven't been connected like we normally are chris and i normally do actually so in a sense we've worked at it because every morning i call chris on my way to work and we have a good 20 minute conversation where we kind of regroup Mm-hmm. which is nice because before I'd be off a day or something, Chris and I would like buzz up to Lancaster, or, like do some fun day trip. And there's just not time for those things right now.
0: I take a fun day trip every day, honey.
1: I know. And now we've kind of started to refocus that. We went out to dinner last night. We're going to see a show next weekend. Like I think we both realized even without saying it out loud, hey, we're at risk at becoming unconnected here. And when we're unconnected, this whole thing falls apart.
0: Yeah, because absolutely. Because we
1: are strong as a team. If something throws that team off, we can still be a disaster.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, like I, I will speak for Megan here. I, I think that it, even again, after three years being married, four years being together, it is still. And I don't say this as as a negative thing. I mean, I would say that, you know, relationships in general are fragile.
1: Yeah, they have to
0: be taken care of.
1: Yeah, you have to nurture them, you know? And
0: again, like, I don't say that as a negative thing. I think I say that more as a, you know, I am consciously aware that we need to take care of this thing. Or everything falls apart.
1: It's funny. I was just watching, like flipping through some reels or whatever. And this this one was like this guy. Oh, I told my girlfriend my parents were married for 40 years. And she was like, I wonder what it's like to love someone for 40 years. He's like, just clarify. My parents wouldn't now. And that, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Ha ha. But that is actually my biggest goal at this point in my life. To never become those people that have been together for an extensive amount of time. And are just going through the motions.
0: No, what's the point?
1: Exactly. So, but that takes work because that is incredibly easy to fall into.
0: I mean, again, like to each their own, if that works for them, like I know of, again, a couple of marriages where people are just sort of existing together. Sure. You know, they call themselves best friends and that may be just drinking the Kool-Aid or what have you, but I'll be fucking goddamned after everything that I put myself through, if I'm just going to fucking exist with you, fuck I, that.
1: I agree completely.
0: there there and again, full disclosure, there are without question points of just existing.
1: Yeah, sure. that's for everyone.
0: I mean this is it, it may be a fairy tale marriage, but it's certainly not <laughs> what you know fucking dreams are made of. like this is real life, yeah, right. Um but I. I was not given this, I, I don't even know at this point, 700th opportunity to do something with my life. It, just to fucking exist. I agree. Y- you know.
1: And that takes work, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, which is where, you know, I'm willing to just exist.
1: Yeah, there was a... Um, Lazy know, as fuck. <laughs> there original, like... Um, attraction feelings and the lust and all that shit, that goes away quickly.
0: So But then you come in your wife's hair and you reignite the flame, <laughs> Megan. The passion exists. As I'm staring at a picture of Megan's priest uncle.
1: You're a sick fuck.
0: I'm sorry, father. <laughs> Bless me for I have sinned. I
1: was just gonna say all those years of Catholic school, my dear. Here's it's the stuck reality with
0: you. you've probably sinned as well.
1: Everyone sinned.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, all right. What else you got?
1: I don't think I have anything else. How about you? some
0: fucking shampoo?
1: I'm not washing it. I'm. I worked. I worked very hard to get and stay sober. I worked even harder to train my hair to only have to wash it every four days.
0: I don't even know what that's like. You know, there's it's a, a huge lot of those commitment. Those memes floating around that, like, you know, my my husband boyfriend spends a dollar ninety nine on a shitty bar of soap, has amazing hair, and I spend thousands of dollars a month. That's us.
1: Except the opposite, because literally you're the one getting the haircut every other week and buying ball spray. I'm the one who's getting my hair highlighted twice a year and not washing it every four days.
0: I did not get sober for my hair to just exist.
1: No, so it's a thing, right? Like you should not wash your hair every day. It's extremely unhealthy and actually like makes it lose volume, gets greasy. But my hair always got greasy immediately because I would wash it once a day, sometimes twice. Really? Oh, yeah. And my hairdresser, who's also my good friend, would always be like, you have to train it. I was like, no, it's impossible. This is such a metaphor for getting sober. It's impossible for my hair to ever be able to go 24 hours without being washed. Hmm. So...
0: You just needed a little extra protein in there.
1: No, when I had Frankie, and it was a pandemic. Oh, I was here we like, go! Blame my here's fucking kid again. The time? No, she saved my hair. Here's mm. the time,
0: Andrew Russell.
1: I can sit in the grease because no one's gonna see me. I'm literally
0: <laughs> no.
1: isolated from the world. Nobody
0: cares if you're a walking grease ball
1: with a baby on my tit, and I might as well just make it happen. So it was also probably like I was too tired to shower. But anyway, I lived through the pain and the disgustingness. And now my hair only requires washing every four days and actually looks better day two or three than it does at the original wash.
0: This is something that, again, you know, I am uh, as vain as they possibly can come. I cannot relate.
1: So when Chris, like, you know, wants to, like, throw water at me or do cum shots in my hair whatever ooh, ooh. I am very clear on whether or not it's a hair wash day and sometimes now he'll even ask like he's got a squirt bottle in his hand he's like is today a hair wash day And I'm like no back the fuck low aim lower
0: <laughs> it's very nice of you darling
1: it's very nice of you it's considerate honey mm-hmm. I mean you don't always abide but you know
0: yeah, say again I still get the fuck it
1: <laughs> alright what else do you have
0: That's it. I want to apologize to the listeners. We have got to become more consistent. Like, this is one of those things we need to work on our marriage, you know, actively work on our marriage. We need to actively work at being better podcasters.
1: And this helps our marriage. So there's no reason for us not to do it. And then I feel bad because, like... You know, I, I we have people that we want to set up coming on and stuff like that, and I just—it's not that I haven't followed through. I just don't know when the time is, and we gotta yeah. get better. We gotta refocus priorities, like we have with us.
0: No, I agree. All right, darling. Do you know that shampoo is not necessarily gluten free? No,
1: I do know that actually. It's so interesting. Right? There's always something. First, it was like the sulfites and now it's—it's it's all nonsense. It's water and fucking soap.
0: And aloe. (laughs) I like a good, you know what I got the other day? Deodorant with avocado in it.
1: I know, you were saying, does it smell like avocado And not because I'm
0: like some, you know, crunchy, earth, body conscious person, just because like it had a picture of an avocado on it. And I was like, I like avocados.
1: Yeah. And here we are. They got you right there with the marketing.
0: Fucking assholes. I know. All right. Say good night, darling. Good night.
1: I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic.
0: I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. Baby at gmail.com.